Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Bridging the Gap with Tariq Alameen on Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and you can keep up with Radio Islam on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Use that same username to subscribe to the podcast. We are wherever you get your podcast at, at Radio Islam USA. All right, family, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors, Recycle Processes and CIOGC for their continued support. Uh, CIOGC, if you don't know who that is, that is the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicagoland. And you can get more information about the work they do at www.ciogc.org. And with that, family, I am happy to get into today's conversation, which I think uh, hopefully you're going to uh, you will find relevant uh, and, and benefit from. And uh, before last second, last second, if there's anything, any comments that you have, uh, in addition to social media, you can always email us at producer at radio That's producer at radio Our family now, uh, most of, you know, right, we are. I think an astute uh, bunch, uh, and we know that billions of people across the world, they they gather, they come together around religion, and it's also religion that is used as a wedge by some to drive us apart. Now, whether it's the names we call on, uh, the Most High as the Creator, God, uh, or the mode of our prayer, or the scriptures we read or don't read. The differences are often the focus instead of the commonalities. And this is something that has great relevance for us right now in our political environment. There are folks who are using those differences, uh, the ignorance and ignorance, not as a pejorative, not as a name calling, but they just don't know. And that lack of knowledge is being capitalized off of and they've demonized minority communities uh, among them. Muslims, right? We're one percent of the population. But we count for 1.7 billion of the global population. So any effort that uh, engages to dispel those myths, these are things that uh, here on this program we definitely support. And uh, I am really happy to have joining me today Brother Kareem Shabazz. He is a religious and interfaith consultant, a lecturer, decorated Navy veteran, and author of Jesus and Muhammad, Two Rays of the Same Light. Profound similarities, shared perspectives, and congruence in their teaching. Welcome to Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and thank you so much for not just taking the time to have this conversation, but for uh, for, for for putting this book out. Um, and first off, tell us a, a bit about yourself and and how you found yourself writing this particular book. Thank you uh, for having me again. Assalamu alaikum to you and to all who may be listening. So my name is Kareem Shabazz. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I joined the military, the Navy, back in 1982. And I retired uh, successfully after 15 years of service uh, in 1997. Um, during the course of my military tenure, I had the, the blessing, the opportunity to travel many cities throughout the United States and several countries abroad to include uh, one of one of which was uh, a city called Haifa, Israel. Uh, I've also been to France, Spain, I've been to Japan twice, um, Portugal, but of all the places that I had the fortune uh, to be able to go, <clears throat> I would have to say that uh, Haifa, Israel was perhaps the most robust, uh, that is the most 
uh, monumental and given me the, the ideas uh, to write this book, uh, Jesus and Muhammad, peace be on them, two rays of the same light. While I was in Israel uh, during my military tenure, I had an up close and front uh, interaction, if you will, with you know Muslims, obviously uh, there, but also some of the indigenous uh, uh, Christian people and some of the indigenous uh, Jewish people. And so uh, it, it, it was so extraordinary that in our conversations, I was identifying, in fact, we all were, but I was definitely paying attention to and identifying some commonalities, some core critical uh, themes, topics that bound us, that tied us, that brought us together. <clears throat> now, mind you, this was back in, <clears throat> this was, uh, this actually was back in 1992, 92 or 93. Mm -hmm. and, and so I always kept this journal, I always kept a, a journal of when I was reading the Quran or, re <clears throat> excuse me, or reading the New Testament, reading the Bible. And so I was always making these dots. I, I, you know, it's like connecting the dots with like a skeleton. I was making these, these notes of, of biblical passages and verses in the Quran on common themes that had a connection and inter, 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 interaction. So this book was on my bucket list. It was something that I always wanted to do, just uh, didn't get around to it. And uh, then as time went on, um, cultural things going on, different events happening in the national and the international scene, it dawned on me. I just had, by the grace of God, I had this epiphany. Hey, look, it's time to write this book. It's time to put it out. So I began to, you know, read and study again. Uh, I graduated from Clayton State University. Mm -hmm. History uh, history and science was always something I was, I've, I've been intrigued about. So I embarked on just doing some more intense research, making sure that my dates, my facts, everything was aligned with what is, uh, uh, you know, scholastically accepted as, as, as history. And Let me ask you this, Brother Kareem. Uh -huh, Let me ask you, uh -huh. you mentioned that your time in Israel was a, uh, it sounds like that was a catalyst uh, for the book. Um, what uh, what about that particular time and that location um, uh, impacted you? Uh, that you know, how did that how did how did that impact your uh, desire to, to to write this book? So interesting. Um, on the ship again, I was in the navy. So the ship that I was on, uh, we had uh, I'd say about thirty five hundred people. Of that number, um, we had predominantly Navy guys and, and some Marines. Well, we would have these biblical or these religious discussions almost every other morning at breakfast. Somehow, uh, religion, uh, spirituality um, always became somewhere involved in the conversation as guys were getting to know each other. Uh, were those conversations, would you describe them as constructive or were they, uh, and I don't want to paint um, interfaith conversations in a negative light, right? Because I've been a part of a lot of constructive ones, but I know sometimes uh, people can enter them with the idea of disproving the other. So were those conversations, did they fall in the constructive or the destructive um, realm? Well, I would have to say overwhelmingly they were constructive. Although I will say at first, one of the first uh, themes or topics that I present in the book that show some of the similarity or resemblance um, about Jesus and Muhammad, peace be on them, was around the subject of prayer. So I, I point out that something most Christians are familiar with is called what, what they refer to as the Lord's Prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, if anyone, if anyone were to take a look at the, 
the, the flow of the Lord's Prayer, was for the Lord's Prayer, and then look at this, a similar prayer that we as Muslims pray, it's called Al-Fatiha, there was, there's, so, there's, there's a resemblance, there, there's a resemblance in the number of verses, there's a resemblance in the themes or ideas or uh, supplications that are expressed in the prayer, mm-hmm. and, there's, and there's a resemblance in how they are structured. Let me give you an example. So, I, so a prayer that the, the scriptures, I believe, is in Matthew, that Jesus taught his followers to pray, it begins, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means blessed, means sacred. Right. Blessed. Revered. And then he said, he taught him, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, now, if you if you notice that, when he said, first, our Father who art in heaven, that's speaking in the first person. Hallowed mm-hmm. be thy name. And then when it goes and when it when it transitions to say, your kingdom come, your will be done, that transitions to the second person, singular. Well, the same thing happens in Al Fatiha mm-hmm. for the prayer that we as Muslims pray. We begin. In the name of Allah, or in the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful, all praises due to God, the Lord of all worlds, the most gracious, the most merciful. And then we say, you do we worship, and your aid do we seek. Right. The the transition goes to the second person. In the same way that Jesus taught his followers to say, your kingdom come, your will be done, in essence, there's a similarity to what we're saying in al fatiha when we say, you do we worship and your aid do we seek. And then right after that, for the Christian prayer or the Lord's prayer, after it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then it says, give us this day. So something is asked for. Mm-hmm. Something is requested. And the same thing happens and Al-Fatiha, because after we say, you do we, you do we worship, and your aid do we seek, we ask. We say, guide us. We're asking. We are asking to be guided on the straight way. Mm-hmm. So there's a semblance. And then right after that, just the same transition happens in the Lord's Prayer when it says, after your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And then it says, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So now the transition is going to sin. Hmm. It seems pretty clear that people were surprised, um, especially those who I guess who are coming from the, the, the Christian faith. And this is a book that speaks directly to Christians and Muslims. Um, but what are some of the assumptions that people held? in those discussions or as you have seen people engage with this book? Well, one of the, one assumption uh, that I, I, I do recall um, addressing and uh, confronted with while I was in the military and even um, thereafter was the idea, the misperception that as Muslims that we do not believe in or have a regard for Jesus Christ, may mm. peace be upon him. And so one of the first surprises if you will, that 
uh, many of the people on the ship in the military um, and thereafter began to learn was that not only do we, do we believe in uh, Jesus Christ, but that he is highly regarded in Islam and mentioned in our holy book, in the Quran. So I, I recall showing them actually in the Quran, and I, re, I, re, I recall uh, sharing with them a, a historical event during the early advent, during the early history of Muslims uh, in Mecca, when they were being uh, threatened upon, when they were being attacked, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, by some of the by some of the Meccans, many of the, the Muslims, uh, by by order or by by the advice direction of our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon them, they went to Abyssinia, which at the time was a, a Christian country. It was being presided over by Christian king. And when the Muslims went there and presented and presented their case to the Christian king, uh, the Christian king, he heard an, a, a narration of verses from the Quran describing Prophet Jesus and Mary, may Allah's peace be upon both of them. And when mm -hmm. he heard when he heard the majesty, when he heard the grace that was bestowed upon Jesus and how he was regarded by us as Muslims, right then and there, that king says that the difference between us and him mm -hmm. was no different, no bigger than like a line when he drew a, he drew a line in the sand. So I shared that same concept with uh, some of the Christians and I showed them uh, the mentioning, the teaching of, uh, of, the, of the mentioning of Prophet Jesus in the Quran and the high regard that we had for him. Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing right there that helped to kind of clear up that misconception. But I showed them the, the relationship between all of the prophets. I showed them passages in the Quran where Moses is mentioned, where Abraham is mentioned, where Yusuf, jo Joseph is mentioned, Jacob, Isaac, Ishmael, Isaac, many other prophets are mentioned. And I was trying to get them to see that they were all in one brotherhood. It sounds obviously like you're still engaged in the interfaith work and and this book is being utilizing it as a uh, as a platform for for discussion. How do you recommend others in interfaith conversations? How do you direct? How would you recommend them to utilize your book? Well, I use, if you will, uh, a particular verse that is in the Quran, and in this verse. The Most High, Allah, Almighty God, He says, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it says, those who follow the Quran, those who follow the Christian scriptures, those who follow the Jewish scriptures, and it mentions even, and the Sabians, and I explained um, who the Sabians were, and then it goes on to say, any who believe in God in the last day, and do good, they will get their reward. On them will be no fear, nor shall they grieve. With that verse, I use that verse and other verses in the Quran similar to point the attention to our mission. Our mission is not, we're not seeking to try to convert people to our specific walk of faith. Our mission is to identify commonality that we can all unite upon principles, ethical values, moral values that represent the common decency that is in all God-fearing people, all people that regard the divine, 
And I try to identify those things and unite people around those things for the higher purpose, and that is the purpose for making life on this earth better for all people. During the course of which, we all get a chance to become more acquainted with each other, our different walks of faith, while respecting each other's autonomy, not trying to uh, misconstrue each other, respecting each other and learning from each other. And as God tells us in the Quran, working for the common good for humanity. Mm, Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. Uh, tell me, how long did it take for you to write this book? I know you had the you had the impetus for a, a while back, right? The, the inspiration came to you a while back, but how long did it take once you actually sat down and uh, began the task of compiling this? It took about six to eight months uh, oh. because I had. <laughs> it took about six to eight months because again, I wanted to, as they use the expression, I wanted to dot all my eyes and cross all my T's. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> That, that I wanted to make sure that dates were correct. I wanted to make sure that any historical reference that I used, um, that, it, that it was sound, that it was historically sound and, and corroborated by history. So um, for, anyone who, for anyone who does get the book, if they look at my bibliography, I have a plethora of uh, resources and references that I use to bounce ideas from, to corroborate from. And... Um, and many of, in fact, several of the books were actually written by, Christ, by Christian theologians, um, very open-minded, very uh, comprehensive-thinking uh, Christian theologians, who have m many of whom who have already embarked on this subject. They were already familiar with uh, many of the common themes and the similarities and the the uh, I use the word the synergy, mm -hmm. the the combined the combined force from the teachings and the uh, posture of both Jesus and Muhammad. So they was, many of them were already familiar with that. Mm, mm. Now, this might seem to be a bit off course, but when I think about the number of people who have opinions about Islam um, and don't actually know a Muslim who have never read the Quran, who have not read the biography, biography of the Prophet, peace and uh, prayers be upon him, um, you know, it, it's staggering. And as a matter of fact, it's a bit overwhelming. And we think about a book like this that is you know, it seems ideally suited for those groups that sit down together uh, and, and have discussion. But of course, it could definitely be a book that is engaged, you know, uh, in one's own time. Um, but for that great majority of society that has those opinions, but doesn't really have a factual basis for them, an experiential basis uh, for those opinions, how do we move, uh, how do we get that information to, to that group of folks who seem to be content to have the feelings that they have, uh, even if they're not based on any, anything other than their own, their own feelings? Right. Now, that's, a, that's an interesting one because, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, how can I say, we can, at best, we can do our part to try to make sound information available to the public and to all who may be interested. Um, but you know, like I do, uh, as God tells us in the Quran, that God, God says that ikra hafidin, that there's no composure in religion. That's right. But we have, but, but we have an awesome task upon us to make the message 
Albania, to make it clear, to try to make it as transparent as possible. So when we try to present the information, it can be challenging, I would, admit, I would admit, for for the average Muslim, for example, um, to try to present this topic without trying to show disfavor to Jesus, if mm-hmm. you will. So I, I and in fact, I mentioned this in my in, in the book that this book was not mentioned to try to attract or convert Christians from Jesus at the expense of trying to show the resemblance in the teachings of Muhammad, peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. This, but, but the book, on the contrary, was written to show the complement between the two and to see, that they, to, to see that they both were serving the same one God. For example, I show and I, I expound on this in, this in the chapter that Jesus and Muhammad both taught that there is but one God and that you should love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So the truth stands out, God tells us in the Quran, that truth stands out clear from error. That common sense, it, you know, it stands out clear from nonsense. You know, uh, moderation stands out clear from extremism. Right. So, at best, all we, so, at, so at best, all we can do is try to present the information, again, as transparent as possible. And all who, as, as Christ said, people on the prophet Jesus in, in the New Testament, he said, all who have an ear, let them hear. So in that language, the inference, the inference is already there. You know, you, we all have biological ears, but everybody's attention might not be directed towards to want to hear what is true and what is sound. Right. But for those, but for those who want to hear that, even amid uh, much of the controversy that we have, for those who want to hear that, when they do hear it, they will recognize the truth. Mm-hmm. So tell uh, tell the listeners where they can pick the book up. They can pick up the book online at Amazon.com. They can also pick up the book online at BarnesandNoble.com, also online at BooksAmillion.com, and also online at Goodreads.com. If you happen to live in Atlanta or in the, you know, in the state of Georgia, there are several uh, stores actual stores, uh, Barnes and Nobles, that are carrying the book right now. And if you happen to live in Atlanta, there's a couple of other local bookstores that are also carrying the book. It's being carried right now uh, at a bookstore that is called Eagle Eye Bookstore. In fact, um, on January the 14th, I'm scheduled to have a book signing there. And the book is also being, alhamdulillah, and the book is also being sold uh, inside of Greenbrier Mall, which is in Atlanta, and in a bookstore called Medu. M-E-D-U, Medu Bookstore, it is also being sold there as well. Also, praise be to God, it is now being uh, shelved and uh, published, or if you will, um, categorized in several libraries throughout a few of the counties uh, in Georgia. I've been successful in being able to get the book requested and shelved uh, in a couple of the libraries. And just recently, I was just informed that the same is taking place in Alabama, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, um, they've caught uh, they've caught notice of my book, and uh, and I've been informed that they are now requesting my book in some of the libraries in Montgomery, Alabama. So that is uh, it, right now. Um, like I said, the book is online as a paperback and also as a Kindle, and the audio book is being completed right now as we speak. It is uh, I've been given a date that the audio book will be on iTunes, uh, Audible, as well as on Amazon as a, as the audio book. Um, as far uh, the schedule date is December the fourteenth. So okay. anyone who wants the anyone who wants the audio book, they can get the audio book as well 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Alhamdulillah. It has been a blessing uh, to be able to talk with you. And this is an extremely important endeavor. Uh, like I said, any effort that helps to push back against those wedges that they try to draw to drive between us is one that we have to support and take notice of. So, Brother Kareem, we thank you for for your service and we thank you for, for following through and getting that off your bucket list. You're very welcome. I thank you for having me. And we ask, we ask God, we ask the Most High to bless us in all of our endeavors to bring truth and enlightenment to humanity. Amen. 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 And remind you folks, you've already heard where you can get the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and a number of other online retailers. All right, we thank you for joining us for another edition of Bridging the Gap with Tariq el on Radio Islam. I am your host and producer, Tariq el Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.